Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is our podcast series, SAP's podcast series about the difference that open source can be. And in each episode, we'll talk with experts about open source and why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hohage, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to Arne Arnold from Red Hat about Red Hat, Linux, and the role of distributors in general in the open source world. Arne is a senior principal product manager for Red Hat Enterprise Linux for SAP Solutions. Before that, he had been with SAP from, I think, 2005 to 2015 uh, in development for SAP Enterprise Search, which was first based on a HANA predecessor and later on on SAP HANA itself. He made an intermediate step uh, to VMware and is now in the named role at Red Hat. Welcome, Arne. Hello, Kirsten. Hello, listeners. Thanks for having me today and uh, nice to see you again, Kirsten. And now we wonder, why does Arne say again? Well, uh, I think I've actually told you already, Arne's been with SAP and uh, for the solutions that Arne worked in development, I was the product manager in a couple of years. So let's turn things a little bit around here and I'll tell you a bit about what Arne and I both worked on when Arne was still at SAP. Uh, as I said, that was the enterprise search solution of SAP that uh, is based on HANA. Um, and it was the time when we also thought about appliances, uh, so like sort of the Google model from back then, uh, the little yellow box uh, that you just bought with the pre-installed software and you just put it in the corner and it would ticker automatically there. And that all happened in the single digit or early double digit uh, 2000 years. Uh, open software was at that point still something eyed very suspiciously by SAP and also by most other large uh, proprietary software vendors. Um, and in that time, I would say distributors played an important role as mediators to overcome this mistrust. Um, they put a box around open sources to make someone, themselves that is, uh, liable, responsible for quality, for maintenance, uh, be taken to court if something went completely wrong and so on. And Anna and I went through some of these steps and these times uh, when open source was kind of Becoming from the unknown kid on the block to the better known kid on the block, we spent some of this time together. And uh, focusing on SAP certifications and product roadmap for Red Hat Enterprise Linux for SAP solutions uh, and high availability solutions and so on uh, is what Anna is doing. And uh, we'll not put so much focus on these technologies, I think, but rather talk quite a bit about the distributor role that I just mentioned. So, Arne, sorry. Um, now, I talked quite a bit myself uh, because we have this common history. How's life at Red Hat? 
Thanks for actually giving that overview. Yeah, life here at Red Hat is great. I mean, as you just said, uh, during my time at SAP, I was dealing a lot with the various Linux distributors already uh, and even got exposed to some of the open source projects, like, for example, the Open Search project, which is a community-driven Apache 2 license open source search and analytics suite, uh, which we had been looking into as part of the Enterprise Search project. And even before that, long, long before time with SAP, I already ran a little Linux server at our student dormitory actually motivated by the fact that I wanted to apply changes with the system without the need for rebooting the entire thing and was very proud that the system once showed up in the list of the servers with the highest uptime, uh, not top run, but in the list for contributing to the city project. So um, yeah, there's some history attached. And so now working at Red Hat really for me means working for one of the world's leading providers of open source software solutions uh, with a broad portfolio, including storage, management, um, operating systems or all those things which we now have in the portfolio and in particular in my role being responsible for our product roadmap and enablement in regards to SAP applications, which um, yeah really fuels me with passion still every day. Uh, ju just quickly, this is not really our topic, but uh, what's the SETI project again? That's one of these, uh, I put my hardware out there to be shared for some purpose, right? Exactly. I think, uh, yeah, the SETI acronym, uh, it was for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence uh, at Home, and it was back in those times where you were giving your compute time on your PC through the internet to the central SETI project to analyze the data which uh, were grabbed from the telescope uh, to, yes, search for, for extraterrestrial life. Is that still around or what? did you just uh, use the past tense when talking about it? Uh, the project I think is uh, still around, at least you can still read on the web about it, but uh, the server I had back then is no longer participating. <laughs> and probably they don't get all too many resources anymore because now they are all being used for Bitcoin mining. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what do you think about uh, what I said before about the role of distributors as mediators? Would you let that pass from the Red Hat perspective? Well, the 2000 single-digit years, as you as you called them earlier, I mean, uh, those had been an interesting time during our lives. So Linux was just about to board the enterprise data centers while there was still the ongoing fight between the established companies like Microsoft and the emerging open source community on what should be the future operating system platform or even more important, what should be the future software development model. And so in this context, open source is often referred to as sharing code. But since then, the definition of open source has, however, been expanding far beyond technology. I mean, open source is now used broadly to describe a means for many people to collaborate on large scale. Uh, it is a cooperative, creative process that solves shared problems and ensures those solutions endure as a common knowledge. Um, as such, open source has become a form of collective learning, but it's also a way of gathering and sharing wisdom. And so um, back to your question, during the 90s, Linux went from a kernel of about 10,000 lines of source code to the core consisting about of 20 million lines of code. And so Reddit was occasionally used in businesses at that time, but large enterprises were not keen to update their systems every six months. And so the expectation was for more. The expectation was for 20, 20 by 7 support, uh, need for testing and certifications for hardware providers, as well as um, enterprise applications from ISVs like, like SAP. And so um, that was where 
Red Hat was looking at, and there was Howard Liu, the former executive vice president of the SAP Venture Fund, uh, who recognized Linux to become a significant force in the industry and uh, uh, that SAP back then expected Linux to become an attractive platform also for enterprise com computing. And so all that resulted then in SAP making that move uh, and announcing to their partners to actually uh, bring SAP R3 to Linux. And uh, then the Linux Lab was founded and Red Hat joined the Linux Lab and uh, Red Hat was actually chosen as the first Linux operating system platform back then. And I mean, the rest is history. Just a year later, uh, yeah, I looked it up here for the podcast. Um, there had been around 400 companies already reporting R3 running on Linux. And, um, and, and now today, Linux is the leading server operator system worldwide. All right. That was R3 running on Linux? Because I remember it kind of felt in the early 2000s, uh, one of these engines that the, the enterprise search was based on, uh, called T-Rex at the time. Uh, I think it's still in maintenance uh, for the old NetWeaver uh, releases. Um, that was one of the first, I thought, who actually said well, we only do Windows and Linux. Yes. Uh, I mean, okay, R3 was 400 customers were on Linux, uh, but R3 was still being supported on all the AIXs and AS400s and so on. Yes. And then it happened in the, I don't know, it was around 2005 or something, uh, that some engines and some acquisitions also said, well, we do Windows and Linux and we don't do the mainframe unit size anymore. Right. I guess uh, moves like that, probably uh, by companies like SAP, help Linux quite a lot to gain the trust and traction in the enterprise market or even help kickstart the Linux market as such, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, launching Red Hat Enterprise Linux in those times was our Red Hat's defining moment. Uh, it was not universally understood and accepted at the time, but the distribution of boxes of the former Red Hat Linux, which till then was a flagship product uh, and a major source of revenue, it came to an end. And instead, Red Hat Enterprise Linux became then our new flagship product, where customers would no longer buy boxed versions of Linux, but instead buy a subscription, which provided them with access to software, but also documentation, enterprise support, independent from a specific version of Red Hat. And uh, a lot of customers now to choose what version best serves the need of their business. And so this really were uh, elevating Linux to that level, which the enterprise customers needed to actually consume it to underpin workloads like SAP. And that was really in times when you were not with Red Hat yet. Yes, true. That was still quite a few years away. Do you have any idea uh, what like the open source world thought about this distributor thing? Uh, I mean, you, you, you mentioned before uh, that enterprises, of course, require 24 by 7 support and so on. And then the open source community, of course, often claims, well, actually, the support is better if it's an open source. And now here come people like Red Hat, like SUSE, like, I don't know, Active for Python and so on, who put the boxes around and then say, we guarantee you the support and take it away from the community. Was there any stress with the communities? Do you know anything about that? Well, as I said... Um I mean, there is a lot more around what makes open source, uh, what makes the philosophy. But back then, Linux and open source were still new. And there was a lot of risk and uncertainty associated with it. And so enterprises were quickly 
realizing the potential which is in open source, but it was difficult to adapt. So it required someone like Red Hat during those times who actually uh, were there to support customers in re reducing the risk attached to open source projects and making it consumable to the enterprise. Uh, and I think it's mostly about the, the, the guarantees, right? Yes. yes. Uh, while the open source, like community-driven in the end, the support may always be good and bugs may be fixed like totally quickly, but nobody says, we guarantee you that we do this in this and that time if you have an issue. And that is, I think, in the chain from SAP has customers and SAP uses uh, whatever components. I think the, the, the guaranteed uh, labels there are the important thing, right? Yes, yes, I think you're spot on here. And today, compared to... Back in those days, how has the game changed for distributors like Red Hat? Well, I mean, also Red Hat has further evolved over the last 20 years. I mean, uh, starting as an operating system distributor, uh, we are now a portfolio company providing hybrid cloud infrastructure with middleware and cloud-native application development. So that means Linux is well accepted now, but we have all those other technologies and projects which are still there, which uh, are still younger and which will go through a similar life cycle where customers rely on someone delivering a hardened open source solution to make it easier for the business to actually work across different platforms and environments. And so now, even more than ever, starting from the core data center to the public cloud and all the way to the edge of the network. Okay. So in, in short, why is the distributor role so important uh, in all this, especially for the large software providers like SAP? I mean, we touched many aspects, uh, but uh, maybe there are some more to add. Red Hat has spent more than two decades collaborating on community projects. And by investing into those projects and technologies uh, and, and protect and defend also open source intellectual property, uh, if not recruiting developers who actively participate in open source projects across the IT stack, Red Hat is now able to be a catalyst in open source communities and helping customers to build flexible and powerful infrastructure solutions while leveraging the speed and agility of open source. And I guess that, that, that makes companies like Red Hat so important because um, yeah, the open source community is that open source is about a lot more than code. And, and so we give back to those projects and communities we engage in, uh, we, but we, we, we also defend open source licenses and uh, we take community built code uh, and harden it so its features are secure and enterprise ready and scalable. And, and we do this because we believe that the best way for us to win is to create more winners and we create more winners by joining and contributing those open source com com community projects. And um, if it helps our customers then, uh, and, and it makes open source stronger, then we will do it. One quick in-between question for clarification. Um, what exactly do you mean or does one mean when you say defend open source licenses? It means that there, there had been larger dis the discussions out in the community about the copyleft licenses or how software development should be handled and if there should be actually a right for patents and all that stuff. And uh, so we had been seeing those kind of discussions driven on a small scale, but also on a large scale with a 
for the European Union. And that is where Reddit gives a voice on what we believe is important in regards to um, you know, how soft development should be done in the open and tries to protect those freedoms which we have uh, so that also in the future one can actually develop software under terms of open source. Okay. To be fair, uh, of course, not only Red Hat uh, is in that role. Uh, I've, I've once mentioned uh, the other guys there uh, who are the known Linux distributor. Um, and then there is, of course, also many, many distributors uh, for other things like I named another one before uh, for Python. So um, within that concept uh, and back to labeling it Red Hat, um, we like SAP, rely on Red Hat and or the competitors to drive Linux further, right? Or, I mean, does SAP or do others in, in the SAP role sometimes contribute to Linux or like even to the Linux kernel? Or is that mostly kind of offshored to you guys? I don't know if there are actually SAP employees who also contribute directly to the Linux kernel as an individual. I mean, but as a company, I don't know as to how far SAP actually wants to get involved deeply into kernel development because it's not the core business. I mean, generally speaking, open source has become an important area for SAP as well. Just think about high-profile projects such as the Corona Warn app, which was developed by SAP under terms of open source or the SAP JDK project. And also the business technology platform, the BTP, which is now at, at the core of SAP's next generation architecture for digital enterprise, leverages open source technologies like Kubernetes. And so building up an open source ecosystem and establishing and cooperating on open source standards and the interoperability uh, I mean, it has become more and more important to achieve faster time to market and also to attract top talents to a company, not only for SAP, but for sure also for SAP. I'm pretty sure, by the way, um, as you said, you don't know if there are individual SAP employees who have contributed to the Linux kernel that in the neighborhood of the before-mentioned uh, Linux lab, there are most probably individuals who have at least made some contributions. Yes. I'm almost sure of that. <laughs> I know you, to who you refer to. You mentioned Kubernetes. Um, has the game for the Linux distributors changed a lot with uh, the advent of containers? Well, containers are still Linux. I mean, uh, it's just the next step in BNV evolution. And uh, as I said earlier, I mean, Linux as the operating system, it's now the leading platform. It is well accepted, while containers may be considered a little bit more new, even if a lot of what we now refer to containers really goes back to technology which had been in Linux for quite some time. And um, so it's just natural that Red Hat is also looking into Kubernetes as one of the open source projects we are engaged with. And we clearly see the, the advantages and the opportunities which rely on that technology and uh, how, it, how it will be actually changing also in the enterprise space for uh, data centers. Uh, I, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sometimes a little naive in my asking. Uh, forgive me. Um, so Red Hat does now also for instance, provide images 
golden images or whatever uh, for containers, or or is that other people who do that? And does Red Hat and say SAP have basically another step in between now? Well, I mean, containers is a concept which is deriving from a, an issue which a developer has, which is that he wants to develop his application and then wants to give it away to let it run everywhere. And so uh, in, yeah, in the past, this was quite cumbersome because you never were, were able to ensure that it will run everywhere. And uh, so either you were just copy-pasted and then some links were missing, or you would put it into a VM, a virtual appliance, but then it would be a little bit more heavy loaded. And so containers were actually introducing the ability to the developer to develop it once and to add some meta definition and then let it run more or less everywhere. And so with that, of course, you need a kernel and a Linux environment around it, which does support that. Um, but the yeah, main focus really is more about the management at scale and then allowing that portability and the scalability and the availability in a scaling environment, that is where actually Kubernetes kicks in as a container orchestration platform. And now how about uh, these container images? Is, is Red Hat in that business basically? Or as I said, this is something... Yes. If you run a container, you can run it based on a Red Hat kernel. We meanwhile even have our Red Hat universal base image, uh, which are... A developer can just use that for developing his application, and this can be then directly taken on top of Kubernetes and have it run, for example, with Reddit OpenShift. Uh, and, and so, yes, we do support the, the developer and the entire stack from the Linux kernel all the way to the container management suite. All right. That was the thing I was looking for, I guess. Uh, now, um, not the very last question, but uh, maybe the before last question. Why SAP and Red Hat? During the adoption of SAP RISE and SAP S4, HANA, um, clearly infrastructure is critical to make sure that customers can run their SAP environments with a simplicity and with a certain confidence. And so at Red Hat, we work closely with SAP to simplify those things with automation and management capabilities, leveraging things like Red Hat Enterprise Things for SAP solutions, but also Red Hat Ansible automation platform um, for things like migrating from on-premises to public clouds, uh, being able to do that with consistency and with a certain predictability. Sorry, so would that involve uh, container images again? <laughs> It could. From a technology point of view, we see containers to be the future in that environment. We see many customers and many data centers adopting that technology. We have corresponding offerings. And uh, so we are working also um, with your colleagues in the engineering to gain best practices, how this could be leveraged. Ultimately, this will be a, a joint step between SAP and Red Hat as to how far that uh, can then also be transported into the production deployments of, of SAP customers. Okay. Just to conclude on the earlier thought, I mean, um, the, the focus which we ultimately have is to provide customers with a strong foundation so that SAP customers can build on top of it and then extend um, also as we now go into the next decade of SAP 
data center architecture with SAP Ryzen S4 and 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 providing them with a consistent platform which uh, is scalable but secure and which can serve as a foundation for those customers for what is the need today as well as uh, the need for the going forward future. Okay, thanks a lot. With Red Hat and Linux as the topics, uh, I don't think we have to mention uh, web addresses to go to get information. I think that's uh, not that hard to figure out uh, as opposed to some other more exotic uh, projects somewhere hidden deep in the GitHub. For sure, customers can go to reddit.com and look for mentioned offerings like Rail for Sub Solutions. But in fact, there's also a lot we do in common. So we just had two very successful online trainings on OpenSAP, which we did together. So that's definitely something where I would like to point customers to. Also on our end, we have corresponding customer trainings, which are more specific to what we do with SAP. And uh, then, of course, as a technology partner of SAP. We are also with you on several conferences. If there is interest to know more about what Red Hat and SAP is doing together, those events are also a fair chance to actually speak to our subject matter experts. All right, then let's, as usual, put the most important of, of links to these things uh, under the podcast in, in the notes for it. Um, and then there is the famous last question that is if you would like listeners to take two or three key messages away from this. And don't make it all Red Hat marketing. Uh, make it something about open source software uh, and distributors and Linux, okay? Um, just a little bit of Red Hat marketing. Uh, so two to three key takeaways. Red Hat is an incorporation of open source ideas. And our deep roots in open source are our competitive advantage. Open source is our strategic advantage and it is why we exist. I mean, all customer value and shareholder value goes out of the technology, expertise, and wisdom we gain from being part of the open source ecosystem. And so, as I said earlier, if it helps our customers and makes open source stronger, that's what Red Hat wants to do and in context of SAP RISE and S4HANA. That is SAP and Red Hat. Thank you very much, Arne, for being our guest today. It was nice to have you here. And thank you all for listening to The Open Source Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't miss our next episode. We publish every last Wednesday of the month. I think around noon or shortly after usually. You'll find us on OpenSAP and in most of those places where you find your other podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., and the likes. Thank you, Arne. Bye-bye.